Every time you do a trailer read, you have to be like, nope, this is how it's supposed to sound. This is what it is. If you don't like it, screw you, but this is what it is. <laughs> Getting feedback from someone, choosing not to take it personally, is actually very freeing. Mm -hmm. And I find for me that I do the worst when I'm trying to give somebody what they want. It's like the modern version of the, the two people inside of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Times are changing, we want different voices, we want different races, we want more female voices. I think it's a beautiful thing and I'm actually just super excited to be part of the world of voiceover today. And there is something about the strength in numbers that has been really emboldening. We lie on the floor flopping around like a, like a fish for 45 minutes. We work in isolation booths. So if we, want, if we don't want to be isolated, we should leave those booths. Never think, uh, I hope he asks me to be, I hope he pitches me to whoever they read. Like, if you think that way, then they're mm -hmm. not really your friends or peers, and you're just trying to use yeah. people. Yeah. She pilots my meat suit. I've only heard really bad things about Jamie. Right. Well, yeah, that know, makes sense. That makes sense. you got to watch the bridge, though. <laughs> Instead of trying to figure out how to get into it, I just brought a bunch of people together that none of us knew the industry. Stop wiping expectations on any audition. It's never give up and be the most persistent person in the room. It's always those that are the last ones standing. You're going to get a lot more no's than you get yeses, and I, that's true for me today. Hello. We're back. <laughs> How are you? It's been a little while. Apologies for the uh, delay. That was due to the other podcast, In the Envelope, putting out episodes and various other work and life things. Um, but we're back now, and we've got a really, really fun really interesting lineup of episodes coming up and i've got a few that i'm shooting for but we haven't quite locked them down yet but i think if we make them work they'll be really really cool today's episode is a cracker it is animation now that genre is well it's been noticeable by its absence let's be honest up until this point because it's a genre that so many people get into this industry to pursue now i've been in talks with jay preston for Wow, it feels like forever, <laughs> since the summer at least, um, trying to get this episode put together. And I wanted someone in LA to do it because that's really where that industry is centered, really in the world. And Jay was on the ground there. He's really enthusiastic. He does, you know, lots of this kind of work. So he was the perfect person to create this interview. He booked everyone. He organized everything and did all the hard work. So I really, really want to thank Jay for all of that. And he conducted a fantastic interview. Really, really interesting. A lot of fun. And uh, yes, so today's guests are Tara Platt, Yuri Lowenthal, and Keith Farley. Now, the three of them have worked on a ludicrous array of animation shows and video game projects. And luckily, Jay mentions a lot of them in the interview today. So you'll hear them shortly. So I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Thank you to those three, to Tara, Yuri and Keith. And Keith actually hosted the, the recording at his studio, the VO Lounge. He also teaches, so you should look him up for that. And um, yeah, I'm going to stop waffling on really because you don't want to hear me, you want to hear the interview. So it's good to be back. And there's a couple of quick ads, then we're going to get into the animation episode and then I'll say goodbye at the end. All right, here it is. The National Zoo. Because sometimes you just need to stroke a llama. Instagram. Download it and start embarrassing your teenagers today. Resolve spot and stain. Because the dog's gonna drag his butt on the carpet. He just is. Engage the droid army with this Lego Star Wars Republic fighter tank. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins. And these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Connect your studio to the world with IPDTL. IPDTL is a cost-effective alternative to ISDN without the need for hardware or line rental. Connect, mix, and record up to four locations at the same time, including phone patch, right from your computer. You don't need additional software as IPDTL runs in your browser, and you can even get your own ISDN number. Try a day pass for just $15, or subscribe monthly or yearly. So, for directed sessions, interviews, and of course, podcasts, choose IPDTL. Hey, thank you, Jamie, for letting me take over the VO School podcast this episode. I am extremely stoked. 
Getting these three hardworking family types together in one room is no small feat. It took us a long time, but I'm really happy we got it today. What a great way to start the year. Now, with no further ado, I'm here with uh, Megan Revere. I mean, uh, <laughs> Callie Belladonna. No, no, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm here with Tara Platt. <laughs> and I'm also here with the Prince of Persia. Uh, I mean, Bent N. Nope, sorry. Ooh, Spider-Man. Ah, uh, who are you again? Yuri uh, Lowenthal. That's, I don't know. That's I right. don't know anymore. That's right. And these two are the authors of one of the VO Bibles, in my opinion, the Voice Over Voice Actor book with its newly released extended edition that's just released and new. So go get it. Put it in your cart. Save it for later after the podcast and then get it home to yourself. And they're married. And they made a little one. Oh, amazing! <laughs> and they're still working all the time. I uh, I don't know how they do it. And we're also joined with uh, Thane Krios. I mean um, Kellogg. No, 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 I'm doing it again. Uh, Keith Farley, incredible uh, voice talent writer, amazing voice director of a few things you maybe have heard of, like the Rugrats, the Wild Thornberries, God of War, Adventure Time, and countless others. As I am told by Ginger, that's a joke. Uh, that's that's an obscure classic Jupo <laughs> joke. Uh, friends, seriously, thank you all for being with me today. It's truly an honor. Huge thanks to the VO School Podcast for allowing me to pick up the three of you and bring you all here to the VO Lounge, Keith Farley's brand new VO Lounge. It's which a is lounge, my beautiful. friend. It is. This is where we should be drinking bourbon. Absolutely. In the lounge. That's what it's here for. Well, yeah, secondarily. <laughs> or um, primarily. I think primarily. Yeah, no, this, this is actually incredible. And you just built it last year? It, uh, we finally got it finished in April. Mm. Fantastic. It is glorious. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was out on a bike ride and I passed a, like a bar. And I was like, huh. oh. And then I called my tech, George, and I was like, could you make the things diamonds instead of squares when you put the yeah. stuff yeah. on the wall? He was like, yeah. 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 I was like, all right. Let's do it. Via lounge. Yeah. That's credit to my wife. Yeah. My wife, Anne, who was like, it should be the VO Lounge. I yeah. was like, yeah. yes. 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 Yes, it should. Yes, it should. You know me well. And so lounge. it shall be. And thus <laughs> it no, is. It's, it's great. I've been, uh, and I'm lucky enough to be, me and my fiance, Megan Hensley, we are lucky enough to be in your class this year at the beginning of this this month. Mm -hmm. Thrilled uh, to have you. Last one was last Saturday. Next one's tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Right here in this VO Lounge. Right early. Yay. It's amazing. Um, so let's start this whole shebang here, and we like to talk about like a quick, because I'm sure mostly people can find all of the stories of how you got into everything once in your book and online so, somewhere. So a quick, just for those of you who don't know, a quick how you got to this lounge today. Uh, well, for me, I started acting when I was a kid, went to college, got a BFA, went to New York, came to LA in Los Angeles looking for acting opportunities and stumbled across voiceover because I didn't really know anything about it. And I just wanted to make a buck and pay rent and eat. And I was like, what is, how does, what is voiceover? Uh, and I didn't know anything about it. So I took a class. I brought this one along with me. So mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, come. We don't know anything about this. Let's do right. this. Rick, Rick Zeef's amazingly fun voiceover class. I forget exactly what it's called. Something but, like that. But fun Rick, and yeah, Rick was where we started. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Tara said, we came because we came out together to Los Angeles to you know do film and TV, like, and 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 all of a sudden she, you know we were trying to find other ways of making money as actors that didn't involve more bartending and more waiting tables and more temping, and she said, well, what about voiceover? And I and I, I was embarrassed that I hadn't thought of that first because I grew up, you know watching cartoons and, and playing video games. And like, I grew up without a television, so he's like, how did you even know about that? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 uh, I guess I never somehow thought that that was a job that people could actually get. Like, I thought it was like five people who did all that stuff, and then it wasn't something you could actually do. And the class opened up our eyes to that and uh, opened up our opportunities, and... And wow. now we love Do you guys it. remember the class that what it was? What class? Well, it was Rick, Rick, Rick Zeef. Oh, I forget. Zeef. I forget yeah. if it was yeah. like the most fun. It's, it's called like Rick Zeef's amazingly ridiculously fun, fun voiceover class, and it was. Yeah. And awesome. we we did our demos with him, and then he ended up uh, getting a job directing an uh, an anime dub, and asking his you know st recent students to to audition, and that's how I got into that world. Mm -hmm. Like that was a, a huge open like that that opened a huge door for me. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. And so, but it, it's probably good for the world to know that n not in every class will you be asked. Sure. No, no, no. It just happened that, to be that he yeah. went from mm -hmm. uh, the class that he was teaching with us. He mm -hmm. had been directing also on the side, and then he went out to all his previous students and said, "Send auditions in." Yeah. And Yuri, I didn't, I didn't get anything in that first one, but yeah. Yuri luckily. Yeah, VO class was, is not a promise of employment. Yeah. 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 No, it just, it just happened to be that when he put it out there that everybody sent their stuff in and Yuri happened to book on that job. So that's that awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And Mr. Keith? That's funny. I have a very similar story. I took um, class at the voiceover connection oh, yeah. uh -huh. with Dolores Deal. Uh -huh. Did you guys ever take from her? No, but I know. She's yeah. a, she was a hoot. God bless her. That's good. Um, and it's still around. Susan Boyajian now mm -hmm. runs it mm -hmm. and she's picked up the mantle and ran with it. Mm -hmm. But Elaine Craig taught the last class. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. Called me in the next yeah. week for... Amazing. Uh, Toyota CD-ROMs, mm -hmm. and CD I rom CD-ROM was my first that commercial was my first gig. gig. It was a Seven Up, a CD-ROM for seven. Like you, you buy a two-liter bottle of Seven Up, and there was like a CD-ROM. CD Everybody <laughs> had a CD-ROM in like '95. Oh yeah. That was the thing you had to have them. Yeah. So the whole Toyota product line that's on a CD-ROM, and I was the guy that was like that's the good. Avalon, the yeah. oh, that's great, Tundra, the ergonomically designed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elaine was great. Yeah. So it was the same sort of thing. It was like. Oh, yeah, okay. I guess I should be doing this. Mm -hmm. But I always loved talking into microphones. Um, I started as a little kid just mm -hmm. playing radio in my bedroom after yeah. school. Uh, and then we had a radio station at my high school, mm -hmm. uh, which got me into radio. And mm -hmm. I ended up working at the Top 40 station in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, graveyard shifts on uh -huh. Sunday, uh -huh. Sunday mornings. Yeah. Uh, and then I had an afternoon drive shift at the local... Um, Contemporary Christian Station. Uh -huh. um, the story I love to tell about that is I was hired and fired for the same reason. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I didn't sound Christian. So they loved wow. me. They hired right. me. They're like, you sound like a DJ, and that's what we want. That's amazing. Right. And then six months later, a little regime change. Right. Like... And they pulled me in. And they were like, mm, you just don't sound Christian, Keith. Though. Right. You sound like a DJ. We're going to have to let you go. Right. Yeah, just... <laughs> amazing. <laughs> they just went from being like a rock station that just happened to play right. Christian rock to being a Christian, Christian station, station that played, played rock. some music, <laughs> played, yeah. right? Yeah. So, it, which was fine because yeah. I was ready to go sure. at that point. Yeah. yeah. And I did summer stock and all that, but um, and came to LA the same to be on camera, mm -hmm. yeah. and did a little bit of that, um, but then ended up at Klasky Chupo mm. in the mid '90s, That's in great. 1994, mm -hmm. uh, and worked my way up through the production ladder from PA to associate producer, wow. and right about that time, a, a show I was writing called Bat Boy the Musical was starting to take mm -hmm. off. And another piece that we were doing for the Independent Film Channel was starting to take off. So I went to my boss and I said, can I have a couple weeks off to really focus on this okay. stuff? And she said, we've been thinking about you. Maybe you'd want to take over voice directing on Rugrats. Um, you'll work a day or two a week. You'll make about what you're making now. And you can go work on your other projects. And I jumped at that opportunity. Yeah. How often does that happen? Yeah. Um, just one of those things. Yeah. And again, I have to thank my wife for that because she had been on Duckman, mm -hmm. went on hiatus, jumped over to Spumco and worked with John Chris Felucci wow. Wow. on Ren and Stimpy, which was amazing. Yeah. And when Duckman came back, she was like, uh, why don't you take it? Yeah. Wow. And I was resistant because yeah. I was an actor sure. slash waiter. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, I get it. But it did. It changed my life. And I learned production, so mm -hmm. I know how cartoons are made. I yeah. know how the sausage is made. Yeah. And um, was able to jump into directing, yeah. which right. led to Rugrats video games, which led to all the video games Amazing. I've done since yeah. then. And it's just been in the last eight or ten years, I kind of came, circled back around to um, voice acting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, because yeah. I think I first met you as a director. You were yeah. directing yeah. me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and totally. often you don't know, and when you're working with a director, mm -hmm. what their history or their background is, unless you mm -hmm. have already known mm -hmm. about them and have been able to look them up before you meet them. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you walk in, and you're like, "Who's who? Like, who, who is the director? Who right. is the engineer? Like, you don't even yeah. know. You yeah. show up and you yeah. walk in, and you're like, I don't know who the people in the room are. Uh, yeah, and so you don't know their history. Which, you don't know where they come from, which yeah. can be unsettling, but also exciting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I met Keith and Jay coincidentally in prison. So yeah, that's true. We both we're doing. Time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And oh. the funny, this funny too. I met Keith as a director first as well, and but yet it seemed like a friend because I played video games and uh, right. I had just played Fallout. But uh, I didn't. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Not exactly a friend. Uh, Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what kind of people he calls. That's friends. true. <laughs> I was doing the bad guy version, so I was. Yeah. You know, but you end up spending a lot of time with certain yeah. characters in games, mm -hmm. as you know, and. 
so I had spent a lot of time with this voice, and it just felt yeah. like it wasn't something I knew that I was doing, but it felt like a, you, you, you met him, you started mm -hmm. to hear him, and then you were like, oh. you felt at home, or like you've known the guy. And then it wasn't until later that I was like, he was Kellogg and Fallout? Holy! Yeah. So it helps when I direct you like this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I kind of drop into this, and I'm like, all right, let's try that again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this time with Menace. <laughs> it's like sometimes I'll see people in this town, and I'll be like, oh, hey, man. Oh, oh, no, you're a famous you. person on a TV show that I watch every night, and that's why I felt that I knew you, but I don't yeah. actually know you. I told Jamie to do a quick background of uh, just me, since people, some don't, people don't know me, mm -hmm. of course. Many people probably don't know me. Uh, but I'm Jay Preston, and I'm from New England, and uh, I came out here just like all of you to get on to on-camera work, because mm -hmm. I came up from the theater. And then I found voiceover and mm -hmm. fell in love, and the rest is is starting to become history because mm -hmm. right. this is my sixth or seventh year mm -hmm. full voice time actor mm -hmm. and my first book ever was uh the voice of a voice actor which yuri and tara handed to me and uh yeah, we, had a, used, we had a mutual friend who was yeah yeah we had a mutual friend who who introduced us uh -huh. and that was really it all mm -hmm. that's all i needed i read it five times in two years every time wow. i learned wow. a little something i read the book and i learned more and then awesome. it, it's really was my i had it in my car i yeah. had i brought it with me into the bathroom <laughs> uh, so it's I'm been particularly proud of that through all yeah. uh, the shittiest of experiences oh, okay great yeah right well i well, I'm, well then it was right that we asked you to write a little something when we did the updated version for that one. yes which i am so now you're in Beyond people's bathrooms myself. everywhere. So I'm in people's <laughs> bathrooms everywhere. Think about that for a second. Achievement Check. unlocked. Achievement <laughs> unlocked. Um, next thing I'd like to talk about mm -hmm. is uh, if you had any idols while you were getting into it all, people you looked up to and, and emulated during your characterizations and your voice directing was like, this is kind of the people I want to be like. I didn't because I really didn't know that much about it. I mean, like, I really, it was one of those things I was like, wait, there's another mm -hmm. job that actors have? You know, besides spinning mm -hmm. signs on the side of the highway, like, what else can you do? And so for me, it was more of like, I didn't even know it was a job. And therefore, I didn't know that there were people who did it. So then I didn't know who those people were. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just didn't, I didn't grow up with a television. So I never watched cartoons. Uh, I didn't grow up playing video games. I didn't have any history of that. I would go to the movies and I would see animated films. But a lot of times it was already famous people doing it. So mm -hmm. I would recognize the names, but I knew it was, oh, famous actor doing that thing. And I right. just didn't realize it was a job so I didn't come into it with a preconceived oh yeah. I love that person who does those jobs mm -hmm. later down the line I was like oh my gosh all the Looney Tunes stuff and you would find Mel Blancs and you would find all of that but mm -hmm. I didn't really have a personal history of that going into it yeah because I was a fan of you know of that stuff I mean there were people that you know I knew the Mel Blancs out there but um but I wasn't familiar because I, I was just a consumer of that stuff. Like I, I loved that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite uh, a fanboy in the same way that I was, like you know, Doctor Who and you know, Star Trek and you know. So like I knew all those people. I had all those people's autographs. Um, but I didn't know. Like I didn't. I guess when I when I consumed that stuff, I didn't think that there was a person behind it in a way. I was, it was just like that's Batman. It's like child brain. Yeah, You're like yeah. that's Batman yeah. talking right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so 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 that was. But then, of course, then getting into it and, and working, I would start to meet people and go, oh my God, I'm, I, I didn't know your name before, I'm but I am, of your work. I am hugely <laughs> familiar with your work and I feel very uncomfortable being here in the same room. Like, <laughs> yes. I don't feel like, I, I feel like somebody's mixed this up. Yeah. Um, and so that's been a, 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 a very rewarding part of this business, getting into the rooms with those people who's whose work I've loved for, you know, for so long. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things about the business is you can meet someone on a friend level and yeah. then realize you've been watching them for their, your whole life. And then, right. then it's a very weird feeling you can't find anywhere yeah. else. But I love that feeling because uh -huh. everyone's just, they're, everyone's so friendly in this business. And then you meet them and you work with them and it was a blast. Then you realize who that was and you're yeah. like, you were, I guess you were an idol. You know, so yeah. it's, like, it's more of those things where I didn't realize I had idols until I got into it and realized who people were. Right. You know, like when I met Rob Paulson for the first time mm -hmm. and saw him work, and yeah. I was like, Rob's one of this guy's sure amazing. And then, but I didn't realize who I he was. Who really. he was, yeah. and how many things I grew up on of his. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which so was. Is there anything like that where you've emulated um, yeah. characters? Or, you, or you've pulled from stuff you watched while you were growing up and then realized, oh man, I'm working yeah. with that person. Or working with Andrea Romano, and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah, wow. I, you know, I feel like I should be genuflecting, you know, yeah. I mean, or bowing down and kissing your ring. And she's not that kind of person, so she wouldn't have accepted it. But, <laughs> but I, back right, 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 back what are you doing? Get back what the hell do you think Get you're doing? Get back in there. But yeah, so. That's awesome. So, yeah. I started with, like, radio personalities. Mm. Uh, Charlie Tuna here mm. in L.A. Uh-huh. 
um, Dr. Don Rose at KFRC in San Francisco when I would move to Northern California. Uh, just the wacky DJs in the morning. Mm-hmm. Also, like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Those yeah. were the ones that I really and Mel Blanc, of course, is the yeah. easy, sure, is the easy one because he's a bona fide so genius. Yeah. yeah. But June Foray, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. Paul Fries, mm-hmm. uh, all of those guys who sort of came up in that, mm-hmm. in that whole era of the Rankin Bass, mm-hmm. um, and the that whole Rocky and Bullwinkle, which was so wonderfully subversive, and funny and really character driven. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of fell in love with and got to work with, and I forget his name, <clears throat> the guy who was the voice of Disneyland. Oh, wow. He was like, oh, coming, yeah, down, coming Main down Main Street. Street. Oh, yeah. yeah. The oh. Main Street Electrical Parade. Oh, right. Guy. And I worked with him wow. on this thing for Caesar's Palace. Uh-huh. Wow. And he was, uh, he was at the, toward the end of his life, mm-hmm. and he only had like two or three hours of good yeah. speaking time left in him. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird time. We had to get together at like five in the morning. Yeah. Right. He was good from like five to eight. Five to eight right, so yeah. when we were practicing, he'd be on the phone from five to eight and we'd all be sitting around doing mm-hmm. it. So I got to work with him, which was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and then I was like the same thing. Like when I sat down at the first time in the seat at Rugrats and there's E.G. Daly, Cat right. Susie, Christine Cavanaugh. Right. <laughs> And I'm in charge mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. It took me a while yeah. to to figure it out. Yeah. To figure out how to talk to each of them, yeah. and they were in the room together. Mm-hmm. How to do right. it? How to play their personalities and yeah. how to do that mm-hmm. was a real challenge wow. um, for me, and a real thank God I made it. You know, yeah. I was able to to swim and not sink mm-hmm. um, because. And then Michael Bell comes in in the afternoon, right. and these were just people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never really, there are a few people I've been starstruck with, mm-hmm. um, and they're weird. Uh, Andrea Martin from SCTV. Yep. Yep. I get I it. Absolutely. Would just sat there with my head in my hands, just grinning. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love you. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> right. right. Okay, yeah, wait a minute. That's uh, fine. That's not what I meant to say. Just do that I mean, can again. you just say I love you? I just wanted to hear what it sounded like for this character. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help myself. And she was just like, just completely like. Where did you come from? I'm uh, like, yeah. I just adore you. <laughs> yeah. I just can't get over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's awesome. yeah, but all the others, I mean, the other folks are just, they're they are human beings. Yeah. 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 Like we're just sitting Showing around. To work. Yeah. We're just trying to work. It's the same yeah. thing that you said, yeah. Tara, which is, I came here, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I want to make a living doing this. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to provide for my family by doing what it is that I love and what I think I'm good at. Yeah. yeah. And when I fell in love doing theater doing it, I mean, that's Same the thing here. that I love that all four of us yeah. come from that, that, you know, come from the background. And I, while it's not everybody's story and everybody's path, I would, I would argue that a lot of us in this business, in this particular part of this business, come from the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this is good the, training. The VO world is the one that's the closest, I think, to the theater community, like the yeah. little family thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, and you can be anyone on stage. You can be anyone behind the mic. Right. Can't really be anyone in front of the TV camera. And yeah. Right. And so that's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's missing when I can't explore all the characters inside my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, this, that leads us, Keith, to another part of the questions. It was uh, your first animation experience. So for you, it would be directing, which was Rugrats. Yeah. Um, so we can touch on that, and then your first animation. Or coming up in, in production. I mean, I yeah, know yeah, the exactly. folks that are listening to this are, are voice actors predominantly, mm-hmm. but I did. I spent three years learning the ropes of how animation gets made. Mm-hmm. So that when I was directing, I think what I brought to those early sessions was an idea of what how it was going to go down the line. Mm-hmm. And that a storyboard artist was going to love hearing, because yes, at Klasky, yeah. unlike... Hanna-Barbera or mm-hmm. Cartoon Network now, the the script was recorded first. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And that was the inspiration for the artists down the line. Mm-hmm. So I knew that if I put in a vocal effect, the um, the one that the story I love to tell was uh, when they added uh, Baby Dill mm-hmm. uh, in that eighth season with Tara Strong playing mm-hmm. Little Dill, Baby Dill Pickles. And I was on an elevator one time, and a mom came on with the baby and stood in front of me, and the baby was looking at me over the shoulder, and I looked at the baby. I was like, hello, baby. And the baby went... Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh that's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's going to look good. Comedy yeah. beach. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I would go in and pick those moments in the script yeah. where 
we wanted to cut to Baby Dill going, and we knew the enemies yeah. would have a blast Doing sure. that, yeah. drawing that, and it's just comedy gold. Yeah, yeah, really yeah raspberry's always comedy Raspberry's gold. always comedy Baby gold. doing raspberry. Baby raspberry better. Because A, it's what <laughs> yeah. they really do, yeah. Yeah. and B, it's, it's comedy hilarious. gold. You cut to yeah. a raspberry, and you get a laugh just about every time. Yeah. So that became just a little shorthand, um, but it was basically because I'd come up and knew yeah. where this was going next. Yeah. yeah. That I knew kind of what to put in to make it fun. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. How about you both? Um, you know, like I said, my, my first sort of intro to that was dubbing animation, mm. you know, dubbing Japanese animation, which is a whole, you know, subset of this of this world that mm. where, where you're flexing different muscles, you have to get used to different things. It's all about timing and, you know, approximating something, but, you know, that's already there, but bringing your own, you know, flavor to it, but then working with what the, you know, director or the producers want. It's a lot of things, but that was what eventually led me to, um, uh, you know, original animation, you know, animation, uh, prelay animation here in Los Angeles, because uh, somebody from that community, a producer in that community, knew that I spoke Japanese, and she had been tapped by Warner Brothers for an episode or a, a series of episodes for uh, Teen Titans. Uh, it was Teen Titans Trouble in Tokyo, and they're like, we need uh, voice actors who speak Japanese, and she's like, Oh, I know, you know, I'll cast some some of these, you know, Japanese um, American actors that I know. And then I know Yuri, actually, he's legit. So I'll bring... And that was the first time I worked with Andrea Romano. Wow. Because she was directing that. And that was... I had, That was my bridge from the dub community to my first experience doing that animation. And then, you know, you, you build on that. I mean, but that was my first... Did my you first, find it more freeing yeah. to do the... To break out of the dubbing? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a different thing. There's stuff that I love about dubbing, but yeah, to not have to worry about... It's so technical. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To not have to worry about any of that, and I feel, I feel more ownership over a character yeah. when I've laid down the vocal track, but then they end up, you know, animating, too, yeah. for sure. And you're more often working in um, with, an, uh, with a cast of... You know, whenever you're doing dub, recording dub animation, uh, it's, you're always solo. But occasionally, when you're doing prelay, I mean, less and less, unfortunately, but still a lot more often, you know, than than otherwise. You're with a with a cast with it, so you get to. It is more like theater. Like it's a play. Yeah, you, you, get to yes. play. you can, you play, can play. Yeah, you can play. Exactly. You get a different performance from people who are all in the same room than you do, and they could both be good. Yeah. But there's something different you get when everybody's in it's the room. It's a little more together. magical. Yeah. Because yeah. it's reactive. Yeah. Because you're not trying to imagine what you think the other actor's going to do as a choice and then mm -hmm. react off of what your imagined choice for them is. Yeah. You get to genuinely react off their legitimate choice, and people surprise you. And so you get that element of surprise. Yeah. So I think that's what that's what the magic mm -hmm. that happens. In and that's what I try to bring as a director mm -hmm. when I'm playing with someone solo mm -hmm. is to create a rapport mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. allows for that play to happen. Yeah. Even if they don't, they're not going to hear me. I'm completely taking myself out of it. But right. I want to be there to sort of get the juices flowing, to get Absolutely. the creative juices yeah. flowing and make it feel like it's comfortable. And it's that that space where you can play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we all get elevated when we're not solo. Like, we can mm -hmm. only come up with the best of our mind when we're solo, but as soon mm -hmm. as we're with someone else, we get to be the best of both minds. Like, you just, it's always mm -hmm. a stair step up. Yeah. So if you have a director that can give you direction, suddenly it takes whatever your original choice was and just elevates it a little. And they may choose something similar to what your original choice is, but it's the elevated choice of everyone's decision together. It's like all the boats mm -hmm. in the harbor rise with the tide. Like, it's mm -hmm. just, it all gets to be a little bit better when you're you're working mm -hmm. off of other people the director being the key mm -hmm. element in that yeah i think the uh theater aspect adds to that too because when you get on stage like you could rehearse anything with a number of people and it'll be one way but as soon as the audience is there and you're on stage yeah. and it's like yeah. there's a new energy and a new power and i yeah. think we yeah. any anybody else in the same studio you're like it's that theater power yeah. and you just are better for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it makes every performance different yeah. because the audience is different yeah. because yes. the, the combination is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The chemistry of it. Yeah. And Tara, what about your first 
My first animation, uh, you mean original, a prelay, or you mean yeah, your first origin- gig, as first gig, a, yeah, first I think my first gig. gig was on. You were on Rave Master. That's right. It was, and then uh, they brought uh, me um, in to play like the because he was of course the hero, the young hero, and they brought me in to be an evil character because I have like a deeper tone and yeah. register, and so I often play those characters, and uh, and so it was fun getting to to work off of each other without yeah. working off of each other. So yeah. they would play me him, and I'm like okay, and then I would react off of him <laughs> even though he wasn't there. Yeah, that was the first so. of many projects. That, that we've been we cast on together. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. People get a delight out of casting us as enemies. Yeah. So yeah. Works. <laughs> works. Now, do you all think that um, it's natural talent that's really needed for success, or is it just hard work, or is it a mix of both? Do you have to have the natural talent, or can it all be learned? I think more, this is my own personal thing, um, I think that most of it can be learned. Um, I think that a lot of it, I think I would argue that most of it is hard work. Um, I, I, I know that I have like, when I think back to, you know, when I first started, I think I have learned to be a better actor Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and, but I think what, what allowed me to get to that point was I just kept working hard through it until I got better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think in, uh, you guys can uh, challenge me on this or not, but I, you know, talent, talent, even if you're a, a high talent, is not enough to get you through a career in this industry. I'm putting that out there. I don't. I, I do think talent has something to do with it, and I do think some people are inherently talented. Some people just have magical timing, and some people have an instrument that just does everything, and mm-hmm. they have a great ear, and they people have gifts. And I think that those are wonderful. And if you happen to be blessed with one of those many <laughs> talents, I think it definitely helps you get ahead of the race to begin with. Mm. But I agree that I do think a lot of hard work and a lot of time. It's the, it's what is it, the 10,000 hour rule or something mm-hmm. where it's just like the more you do it, the better you get at it because you've mm-hmm. gotten all those previous hours behind you and you've learned a little bit mm-hmm. whether you think you are or not. So you're building on everything you've done before. So yeah. you're naturally better because you have all of that to pull from. Yeah. And so I do think that the talent, because some people just got it, I think that the talent gets you there faster. Because you don't have to put in that many hours to already know what the timing right. beats are and to already have the ear tuned in and to be able to match that voice. And those technical mm-hmm. things might be just easier for people mm-hmm. who have those natural talents. But I do think that the the hard work gets everybody mm-hmm. else up to that. And eventually it all is sort of, if you're going to mm-hmm. be working in this, I think it's because you're good. And mm-hmm. good can come from the, the hours that you've put in. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets to be good. Like, yeah, the people that absolutely. work are the good people. Some of those got good, got good, that's good English. Well right, done. Um, uh, some, of, some of the people became good because they just had it in them. And some people became good because they worked hard, but then they all sort of get to the mm-hmm. same. That's and great. Yeah, Stephen King relationships also. That's, yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. Stephen King has a um, in his book on writing. On writing. Yeah, so good. Has this strata that he that he that he puts out, and I just was like, it blew my mind. It's like because it's what you just said, mm. is that there's a tiny little sliver of people up at the top who are yeah. gifted. Yeah. One to three percent of yeah. the people who can just yeah. do it. Uh huh effortlessly and brilliantly and it just seems to come from the gods or wherever. Then there's 10 or 15% on the bottom who are just never going to be any good no matter how hard they work at Mm -hmm. it and we hope they get that early. And then in the middle there's 80%. Mm-hmm. Which is where most of us land, wow. yeah. where the moderately talented to the supremely talented, mm-hmm. and you can move mm-hmm. within that strata mm-hmm. by dint of how hard you apply yeah. yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think that's it's exactly what you said, and it just yeah. he just put it in a yeah in a little. Chat, I'm sure, right? I'm sure he did like... a much better, more, <laughs> much better, <laughs> better English and more eloquent than I just said. He but that's really why he's idea. the writer. I but mean, that's why he wrote it down. But that's, but that's yeah. the idea. Is I, I do think yeah. that talent gets you certain places. It does. But then work gets you everywhere. And and it is you're also but work increases your talent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. putting in the time, creating relationships. I mean, a lot of it is about relationships you create over time. That to the where that people can trust you for certain things. Yeah, like that woman knew to call you because you had already worked together. She wouldn't right. have known to call you out of the ether if right. she had never worked with you yeah, before. I, <laughs> like, it, it struck me the other day. Somebody asked me, you know, and I get asked this a lot. They're like, what's your, what's the best advice for, for somebody coming out here and, you know, and making it in this industry? And I thought about it for a second. And I was like, come out here. Don't die. Like right. that was because over time, 
if you stick with it and you're still having fun, because that's something I, I always tell everybody. I'm like, yeah, do you want to do it? Come out here and do it. But if you stop having fun, if it's all just because you need you need to have that love for it. You need to have the, the fun to, to get to you through the lean times yeah. and the hard times, because yeah. there will be hard times. There will be lean times when when there's nothing um physical that you're getting back to to keep you going there's Absolutely. like there's, there's no money or there's no you know good reviews or you know whatever it is but if you stick through it long enough if you're having fun and that and that joy and that love can keep you through the longer you stay out the 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 more relationship you have the, the smaller the the, the 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 town gets and all of a sudden yeah all of a don't sudden, die yeah don't come out don't here. die don't die. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think that's I pretty like good that. advice. Yeah, come it takes time die. though. But if you, if, but if you want to come out and you're like, I'm gonna give myself a year. Oh no, people are like, I'm giving myself three uh, months. Yeah. Like, I was like, good luck. Okay. I hope you're one of that one to three percent at the top that's just gonna hit at the right person at the, the right, right time and the be a genius. The very first day you get into town. I got really lucky that I, when I was out here in the early '80s, I had a friend who had moved here and was in Pasadena, and he hired me to do some work for him. Mm-hmm during the summer. Mm-hmm. So I was here, I got it like a little, I got the toe mm-hmm. in the water. Yeah. And I read this article in this magazine that said, that charted an actor's journey. Oh, interesting. And it basically said, the same thing you're saying, come to LA, plan to spend some time in community theater, mm-hmm. plan to spend some time just doing what you do. And then eventually an agent will see you mm-hmm. and you'll book a job and then a year later, mm-hmm. you'll book your next job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's the way it starts. That's nice right. that that magazine said that, because so often they glossy it up and they're like, this unknown <clears throat> was just discovered and now they're the no, lead of was, every movie. It was a yeah. practical, it gave yeah. me a real practical that's head nice. on it. And having friends, yeah. you know, yeah. A, who said, well, I got three months saved up and if I don't hit it, I'm coming back. Yeah. To, I was like, just, yeah. Buy a car. Yeah, just you know, yeah. save your money, invest. Yeah, yeah. Make a movie else. yourself at home. Like, That's right. Which yeah, do you can you do now. Because it's not going to really do when we first came out here. It's not going to happen in yeah. three months. And and something that I think is is not said, but something that I think is really important is be flexible with your vision. Like yeah. when we came out here, we were like, we're gonna we're gonna be movie stars, kid, <laughs> and then we're gonna rock yeah. the top. And then we found voiceover. <laughs> she got right. She got. Um, and then we found you know voiceover. And we could have said, well, that, but that's not part of this vision. Right. But we did, and we let that be, become part of it. We, you know, we, we, we still do on-camera stuff. We still do theater, and we're, you know, producing our own stuff, you know, all that. But we let that come, become part of it, and, and your, your path, nobody has a straight path. Mm-hmm. Production. Yeah. 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 I would never in a million years have said, oh, I think I'll get into production. Yeah. And be a PA at yeah. 30. Yeah. Right. No. But I did. Yeah. And, yeah. and it served you. It opened the door to yeah. everything I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know where the but I kept your doing door theater. will lie. Yeah. I kept writing. Yeah. I kept doing all that stuff that I was doing, either after hours or, when it truth was be told, yeah. at my desk. At your desk. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. You got to sit there for 40 hours a week, but there's yeah. not always 40 hours a week yeah. Yeah. to do. Well, the more the, the more stuff do, you do like that, so. the more doors uh, are available mm-hmm. to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, director of Desperado, I can't remember his name because I... Uh, Robert Rodriguez. Yes, yeah. Robert Rodriguez. When we first moved here, me and my best friend, we were in North Hollywood at some bar that is a different bar now as things changed. Sure. And we were at this bar and... and the chimney sweep goes it, on and, he, and on. <laughs> he recognized Robert Rodriguez and he goes, holy shit, that's Robert Rodriguez. And I said, well, then let's go talk to him. Because yeah. we just got here and we had yeah. that, let's do it yeah. Yeah. attitude. And we went and sat next to him and we started talking to him. He goes, what's your guys' plan? Mm-hmm. And it was. Ours was, well, we're going to do like five or ten years see, see where we land we, you know, maybe and he's like great do the ten years yeah call me and then uh, yeah. plan for another ten after that yeah because yeah. after your yeah. first ten years you'll start to understand this town yeah right. and then you can start getting good right yeah, that's yeah. right and right. It, literally we were like you laugh it off your first year you're of like course. no no there's other ways <laughs> yeah well we found ourselves at the new bar at the same place that ten years later and it hit us both around this like a, it was an energy thing where we both yeah. thought it without saying anything Looked at each other. We both knew exactly what we were talking about because we had just started to understand Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Just right. started you, to understand. You're like, see you in ten years. That's and right. I, right. Yeah, pretty and much. You, and you looked in the corner, and Robert Rodriguez was sitting there, so just there. gave you a wink. I knew I'd see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the most. Raised, best. Raised, part of the raised his the glass. Raised, raised his glass. Because he's been sitting there. He was like, "Okay, you guys, I gotta get back to that bar." I want to see. I want to see. Counting on me. Yeah, that would have been. But yeah, it's so true. It's just, and you know, it's crazy when you're talking about 
um, what you just said, Tara, is sometimes you get imagery when people are telling a story, and that's why you keep listening for information. Mm -hmm. Who's going to tell it to you in a way that makes something click? Mm -hmm. That's the only reason you keep asking the same question over and over mm -hmm. again, not following the, the advice you get, because you're waiting for the right. advice that clicks to you personally. Mm -hmm. And sometimes imagery shows up, and a marathon showed up as if the finish line was your first gig. Mm -hmm. Everyone will get their first gig. Spent, you know, they can get to that finish line, but some, like you said, won't get to that finish line. They will just, they will go sit down, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. uh, or they get picked up. Yeah. But you can make it, and some who are just faster, who have trained all their lives, will be there first. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you know, stay and the funny thing is, like, I often think back, and I think, God, I wish I just worked a little harder. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then I like, think about what I was doing at the time. It's like I was working, but it wasn't. Didn't feel like yeah. work. And I still have this niggling suspicion in the back of my brain that <clears throat> if I spend a day in here mm -hmm. practicing music and practicing voices and doing auditions, stuff, that's not really work. The real work is when I sit at my other desk mm -hmm. and pay the bills. Yeah. Right. Or when I'm doing my taxes. That's mm -hmm. a work day. Mm -hmm. Or when I go to the store and pick up groceries and feed my family. Right. That that's work. I think I often have this blind spot that what I'm doing is my is my work, it is my vocation, yeah. which is different than just work, comes from voco, which is mm -hmm. still your voice, finding your voice, uh. and having a vocation. Mm -hmm. um, I'll kind of look back now at mid-ish mid, mid -ish mm -hmm. life and think, oh, I guess I was working harder than I thought I was, yeah. mm -hmm. because I was playing music and dreaming stuff up and, yeah. and doing that. Yeah. So that's part mm -hmm. of the work, I mean, that yeah. is, we don't always recognize work when we are doing it. In a way that it's, what, that it's a vocation. So yeah. I think that some yeah. of that little Protestant work ethic that still clicks yeah. in my head yeah. Yeah. says, you know. But I think that goes back to what you were saying. Like, if you love it, like, the love of it makes you have to do it. So you don't always mm -hmm. see that you're working because you're like, well, I just want to work on this work on this thing that yeah. I'm excited about. I want to do these character ideas. I want to come up with this plan. I want to figure out how to shoot it. I want to make this music. I want to, you want to do these things because mm -hmm. it, it, it brings light to you. It is mm -hmm. joy. It sparks energy and creativity. And you don't look at it as, well, I've got to get this mm -hmm. work taken care of because if I take care of doing this, then maybe I can do the next, like you're not, you're coming at it from joy. And so if you just don't die right. and you keep right. doing right. joy <laughs> yeah. long enough, it really comes like, back to just yes. try not to die. Get here. Yeah. Don't die. Don't die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It really it's is pretty much this podcast. Yeah, get here, don't get die. Here, don't die. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 you build that family, you know. So you you know because none of this stuff happens in yeah, a vacuum. You collect people. You collect people, and you you hold on to the people that you you click with or have the same vision as you that you can trust that you develop a shorthand with mm -hmm. who have trusted you. You know, yeah, they who have they help you. You help for them. You, so you can sacrifice the... for them. And you give. And, you know, it's and and. You know, you always see that, oh, those guys seem like they work in a, on a lot of things. You know, you look at movies, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, that director always works with that actor. Or those guys always, the, the DPO is always with that director. Mm. Or you're like, mm. you're like, I wonder if it's some sort of weird. It's not weird. It's they've worked together and enjoy working together for and so why long. why wouldn't they want to work with their friends? They want to keep working together. Yeah. Like, that's the, you know, the, they they keep building on that and, you know, is it allows them to get to the next thing. Is there a word for friend nepotism? It's really it's yeah, friendpotism. Friendpotism. Achieve friendpotism. Achieve friendpotism. Don't die. Um, the, my writing partner on Batboy, Larry O'Keefe, who did the music and lyrics for the show, um, he talks about when it comes down to it, and you've got those final, that final group of people, yeah. who's a good hang? Yeah. yeah. Right. Who do Because you're going to have to spend a lot of time yeah. hanging out with this and it's, person. And it's going to be, be stressful sometimes. Of course, when you're working when you're working on a movie. What do they get like when it gets stressful? Yeah. Exactly. What are they like? Yeah. Are they like, well? Yeah. We'll or figure do they out. get freaked out? Or they freak out, yeah. yeah. And that's really important. So yeah. all things considered, when there's four pictures on the table or four demos mm -hmm. that are going off, yeah. we think about who we want to hang with. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if you're working on something like a video game that's going to take three years, or a movie that, you know... You've got the the, the pre-production and the production and the post. You're going to live with this person. And you know the stuff's going to hit the fan, and you want because it's to know never that easy. Someone's going to be able to get through it with you. For doesn't, six doesn't matter yeah. what your budget is. Doesn't matter if it's a big Hollywood movie, a three hundred million dollar budget, or whatever, or it's you guys scraped up all your money, and this is the movie we're going to make. It's you're all going to run the into same problems. problems. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd like to have $300 million problems, but yeah. Yeah. in the meantime. I'll take $300 million <laughs> right. problems. That right. kind of yeah. problems. Right. <laughs> hey! hey. <laughs> See <Chica>. guys! <laughs> <laughs>
So everything changes. The industry changes. You evolve as a person when you first got here all the years to getting married, to having a family, to cultivating a family, to the house. So everything's changing and evolving. So in a changing and evolving world, how do you find... And it's a, it's a weird question that people want you to ask, but there, I don't know if there's really an answer, but how do you evolve with it? How do you change with the changing times? And you guys started a whole family, and you started a family, and you still succeeded and still made... Uh, you're well, still getting booked on stuff, and you're finding time for the auditions and a family and all the hardships. I mean, I, I think the key to that is, like, being a person first. Like, being willing to look at yourself. People that are the ones that evolve in any circumstance are the creatures and the organisms that are willing to evolve, mm -hmm. that are willing to change and are willing to do things differently than they've done before. Because if you keep just doing the same thing, it's only going to keep getting you the same results. Yeah. And so in order to be able to, to move forward in a changing environment, you have to be willing to mutate and evolve. And mm -hmm. so the humans that I think mm -hmm. are the most successful humans allow themselves to go through the different phases of being human. Just like as a small child, they first learn to crawl, then they learn to walk. We as humans, as adults, we have similar developmental stages that we all hit up until the day we die. Like we just are going through different phases and different um, sections of our life because of what has come before. Mm -hmm. And similar to the thousand or 10,000 hour rule or whatever that is, like all the time before leads you to where you are now. There are there are literally points in your life that you hit as a human being, different phases. Some people break it down into decades or whatever that is. But like at 30, you're a different person than you were when you were 20. Then you will be when you're 40. Then you will be when you're 50. Like you're going to go through changes as a human because your worldview changes, because the way that you relate to the world changes. And that's just because that's what development is. Mm -hmm. And it's people that resist development that are not able to go with the tide, that are not able to keep doing what they want to be doing because they stop it, yeah. you know? And, and you kind of have to be able to be enough of a human, to be a big enough human to go, I'm, I'm in it for the ride. I'm willing to look at myself and recognize I make mistakes, that I'm human, that I need to apologize, that I need to forgive, that I, like you just have to be a human yeah. first. And yeah. I think that's what you do in the industry as you do it as a human. And I think it's the same. I don't think that yeah. there's a, a delineate, like there's not a, there's not a marker between, oh, this is my life and this is my work. Like it all, you are you throughout. Well said. That is gold. That's well right? said. I'm like, that right? is... I'm like uh, yeah. Straight up gold. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta and hear just it. To, you gotta hear it. You have to remember yeah. it and remember yeah. it. Yeah, because you are whether you remember it or not. And we have to keep remembering. That's it. The like crazy I can say, thing. oh it's yeah, like, I get that. And like six months from now, she's uh, she's gonna say something. I'm gonna remember it. And I'm gonna be like, right, I gotta be reminded of that. Constantly, <laughs> yeah. you do. Yeah, and to add on to that, the idea of <clears throat> storytelling doesn't change. Mm -mm. Right. Really. Stories that touch us, stories that affect us, stories that move us, stories that entertain us, stories that excite us. The understanding the way we tell stories, which I think is why theater is such a great training, because you are telling a story from beginning to end every night mm -hmm. yeah. in real time or you know, in, in, two, in a two hour yeah. chunk and understanding how that works. If the technology changes, if the, you know, the people change, the world changes. The stories that we tell each other um, don't really change that much. So understanding those stories and the characters that are within them. I mean, just the the hero and the villain. Yeah, human mm -hmm. condition. The antagonist and the protagonist, yeah. I mean, whatever that is. And understanding how those things work mm -hmm. is the learning part of... And when you understand story and how your talent plugs mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. to the story. Right. Why assassins for me? I don't know. Right. Why young superheroes for you? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know, it it just, but it is. That's where you fit. That's where yeah. it yeah. clicks. Yeah. So understanding story, I think, is something that while you are doing this work of yeah. of allowing yourself to be yourself in mm -hmm. the world mm -hmm. and not trying to be 50 when you're 20. Right. Yeah. Uh, and just being 20. Yeah. And, and like sort of what we touched you on You can't before. help but be 20. Yeah, yeah that's the right. thing. Yeah. That's right. the, that's there's the thing no way like, around there's no that. trick. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you can't <laughs> but, skip that or but some... Yeah. Get out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Allow yourself to be where you are. 
mm-hmm. yeah. is the best advice ever. Yeah. And learn storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to continue to find the joy and the love in that doesn't matter what the technology is as long as you're still you can still dip in that in that well. Mm-hmm. We we produced and and uh, uh, did a, a show this year that required uh, more technology and you know it's the, like the height of streaming technology we, in, during which we basically did a play we did a a live sci-fi show where everything was happening live it was being streamed live so there were no there was no take two it was just once we said go you had to go all the way through so they were cutting live all the special effects were live the band the the, the score was being performed live on set with us and it was the height of technology and very basic storytelling wow. um, so I don't think I don't think technology it'll, it'll always make there'll be growing pains it'll always make things weird but you're right Keith the store the storytelling yeah. is the same there will be an uncanny valley but it's storytelling that keeps you yeah. across the and there are people who love the technology mm-hmm. yeah who are all about the tech mm-hmm. who yeah. love the gear yeah. and you bring those people on your team exactly and you tell a story yeah so yeah what I learned in the last two years when I met my fiance, we started to travel a lot. And it was my first time going out of the country. And we just, I put a lot of my uh, education like, need on, on hold. I stopped, I went to classes like nonstop. As you guys know, I was like right. always in a workshop, yeah. always learning and just trying to make it. And, uh, and then we, we met and we fell in love and we just started traveling more. And I started to live life more. And I honestly think I became a better storyteller. You did. I'll tell you right now, without even knowing the details, you did. Yeah. Because interesting people make interesting actors and interesting storytellers. Which I think is really important. I had to learn that on my own, even mm-hmm. though people have told me. Mm-hmm. But I did it on, and I, you know, because you, you, you find the right person and you start to just live life. Mm-hmm. And I think the world provides you with what you need. I, you, I didn't have to do as much work. Mm-hmm. I still started getting jobs. Yeah. I booked more because I was happier. It's like, so I think that's an important thing to maybe just touch on 100%. about. Don't die, be human. Right. Live life. Live, right, right. <laughs> Keep breathing. Um, let's talk about when you're in the animation world and e- either side of, of it, um, directing or producing or being the voice actor, what is the most embarrassing moment you had or a, a moment that stuck out as like, Wow, that's gonna be remembered forever. Well, I don't know if it's like super embarrassing. I think everyone's been fired, but I do mm-hmm. think it really sucks when you're in the booth and you're like, "Oh, I'm just not doing what they they need. I just whatever I've mm-hmm. got right now in my arsenal is not the that's not what they need." And you finish doing what you're doing, and then mm-hmm. they say, "Yeah, we don't need you to come back." And you're Ooh. like. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily embarrassing because it's just sort of something that happens yeah. and you have to sort of be like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not always the right flavor and that's yeah. okay, yep. but it hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't not hurt because you want, like, there's a part of you, I think, as an actor that you want to please. Like, you want to be mm-hmm. like, I can do it. You tell me what you want, I'll give it to you. Part. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I, but yeah. I'm also enclosed in this, this physiognomy so I can only do what I can do. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I but, cannot give you... That I can't. I can't give you that. Like I can't show up and give you that. I can do my interpretation of that, but I can't right. give you that. So, yeah. and I'll, I'll, again, I'm gonna jump on that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, if you're thinking about a career in voiceover, you need to be able to sit quietly by yourself and not freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. that just coming off of that yeah. feeling of like, because sometimes you're sitting in the booth for ten or fifteen yes. minutes at a time. And you're in this little soundproof booth while everybody out there is hive of activity, mm-hmm. jibber jabbering and chatting away, and maybe and looking upset or happy or to confused. not yeah. think that I'm getting fired. Yeah, is really important to be able to yeah. sit quietly and and know that and just hope for the just they're doing the whatever best. they're doing, yeah. and I'm not going to identify with that, and I'm just here with my creativity yeah. alive, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep going. So mm-hmm. that's something that people don't always talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. In voiceover, is that if you're not with a cast. Yeah. If you're by yourself, you're going to be sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why, as a director, I always try to. We had a lot of on Final Fantasy 15. We had a ton of downtime oh, yeah. with editing. Yeah. So I just started chatting. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to keep again to keep that energy and that relationship up with the performer. Yeah, because you can start to feel them doubt themselves, and then it dwindles, and then they they're not as confident to make choices, and then what they do starts to get just get subdued. I, yeah, I have taken to in between whenever whether it's a commercial thing or or you know a thing where I'm in there solo. Uh, when I finish, I just look down at my script and pretend sort of like I'm reading my script or whatever, even though it's just 
me not wanting to make eye contact and try to figure out what's going on in all of the brains of, that are across the glass. I just look down and pretend like I'm practicing or studying or something <laughs> like that. And, and just trying to keep my cool. That's so That's funny, because I remember when I was in college, uh, the teachers gave us advice for when you go into an audition, this was for theater, but when you go into an audition and you're waiting because they're all making notes from the previous auditioning, you're supposed to look and pick off lint off of your clothes. That was the advice that the <laughs> teachers gave us. And I've, I've often touched back on that and been like, why did they think it was a good idea for us to look like we were dirty? Like, right. <laughs> that we came into the audition with lots of lint or cat hair or something. I'm like, why was that a good suggestion? That's but it's so, so yeah. funny because you do, you try to busy yourself in some way because you can't get just out of pull your out head. your phone. Right, get because out because of you your head. I don't know what it is about like, an actor's fragile ego that we always go to the worst possible but scenario. But it's hard to sit in silence yeah, with drama. self. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to sit in silence with self, yeah. period. Yeah, you just yeah. got to be like, it's all good. And part of this job is sitting in silence with self while other people are talking about you mm -hmm. on the yeah. other side of a piece of glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. some people's mm -hmm. form of hell. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I had a moment the other day where uh, I got in, I had just gotten this, uh, this, this gig as a regular on an animated show. And I'm like, this is going to, this is going to be big. And I'm glad I can um, count on this because uh, I'm one of the main uh, people. And uh, we got in and, uh, they they got to the end of the thing, and they go, okay, now we're uh, we'd like to record your your death uh, your death efforts, and you could like my in my head it was exploding, and I, I totally played it cool, like I knew that I was gonna die. It wasn't in the script, uh. so I had no there was no I I'd, I'd read the script, I'd gotten the script, my character did not, and then there I guess that's where this is going, like and in oh. one I was just and I I maintained this cool. Exterior, like oh, I totally knew I was gonna die inside. Yeah, I was crying. Oh. It's like, oh my god, I thought this was gonna be a thing forever. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, impermanence, be able to let things go. Yeah, um, you got to be able to do that. Uh, it's it's so good to hear from me as just a person who's still getting going. Um, when you guys have been in it for so long that you're still getting your head in the booth. Oh, so good still. to hear because it's gonna because it still happens to me. Imposter and it's syndrome. Yeah, yeah. It, always. Yeah. As, as long as I've been doing this. I still, every day, I go in going, well, this is the day they figure it out, and it's over. Ugh. I said Why that to my that... therapist on Wednesday. Yeah. I was like, you know, I have, I have a little bit logical. of imposter syndrome. And yeah. she goes, I'm a quack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. She just said, I'm a quack. I was like, That's great. Oh. oh, right. We all have it. Yeah. yeah. We all have it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's innate, I think, to always. Yeah. I and I think, know. but that, I think, is also... Not to toot my own horn, but it's a signal of humility. Yeah. It's a signal of right. someone who's who's trying to get better, who's not believing their own press. That it's an invitation for us to Well, don't say, we like, say that people who are like actually not very good think very highly of themselves? <laughs> I can think of a few. I can uh, think of one. I'm just saying, <laughs> I can, um, yeah. like, that, that, that's actually the, the flip side of, of it. So the fact that you doubt yourself shows that you recognize and, talent and you recognize that you have some, but you may not think yourself of the best. You know, like right. And is, a, I think, a mark of success because that wouldn't even occur to you if you weren't in love and consider, you know, with your job and think of yourself as super fortunate and lucky, yeah. right. you know, to be doing what you're doing. Like, it wouldn't even occur to you. Wow. Yeah. Um, before we give advice, can right. you think of any advice you were given in your uh, path or lifetime that, that was, that sticks out as like, that is some advice that I have held on to and has made me a better person. Boots Martin. Turned to me. You just made up that name. I did not. <laughs> Puss and Boots Martin. It's just a great way to start this, the story, though, isn't it? Yeah. Once you hear Boots Martin, I, yeah. I believe that yeah. whatever is going to come out of Boots Martin's mouth. We were. She was um, a, a, an actress of some renown in Sacramento, mm -hmm. and we were doing a show called Minnie's Boys, which mm -hmm. is the Marx Brothers mm -hmm. musical. And uh, the director was giving notes, and I was, I think, all of nineteen, and every, I was like. I just did not agree with what he was doing, so I was like, but I don't see that in the script. Mm -hmm. and Boots you were being 19. Boots turned to me and went, shh. Best advice I ever got. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is great wow. Best, and I knew it at the time. In that moment, yeah. I knew yeah. I'm not helping myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not making my case. Mm -hmm. This is not the time to be doing it in front of everybody else. She just turned to me and very quietly, and she loved me dearly. This was yeah. not a... Something that was coming from someone who hated me. She loved me, and she just went, shh. That's great advice. Great advice. Well, I love that the greatest advice a, a voice actor has <laughs> been given is shh. <laughs> That's fantastic. Boots Martin. Yeah, I God certainly can't top that 
advice. I don't even know if anyone ever gave me specific advice that I that I was given. Like no one sat me down and said, "Don't die." Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Yeah. I think everything I gleaned, unlike that, which was a very clear moment, was more from like watching. Like, oh, I see what that person's doing. I'm going to start to try to do that, too. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Remember, do you remember what that yeah. was that you saw? or you just No, keep... I just mean, like, just seeing other people and being like, oh, they're, they're really nice to other people. And that person, like, it's just, like, as a human, mm-hmm. like, observing humans that I found to be... Mm-hmm. Acceptable. Good. Yeah. Good. Acceptable no, but like, traits. but like people that I wanted to emulate, yeah. and I think that yeah. was really where I got. Yeah, I've got, stuff. I've got, I've got, two, I've got one that happened very early on, and one that happened uh, for more, more recently. But they're, they're both, I think, killer. One was actually uh, Henry Rollins, um, because I used to listen to his, uh, to, to you know his music when he, you know when I was growing up and. Uh, but but also his uh, his spoken word stuff. I believe that Henry Rollins is one of the great American storytellers. Um, but two words he said once. I don't even remember when or where, but was be relentless. And that and, th- and that's for like life. I mean, yeah. you know, if yeah. if there's something you want, be relentless. And then later on in life, as we were out here and we were trying to, uh, uh, you know, be successful, make a name for ourselves, uh, whatever, uh, we started creating our own projects. But everybody in Los Angeles is creating their own project. Everybody's got a script they're mm-hmm. working on. Everybody's got an idea, a billion dollar idea. I know what you're going to say because I'm married to you. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Finish things. Finish. There is no greater currency I have found in this town. People will respect, if you have a thing and you fit, whether it's good, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, to mm-hmm. be totally honest I mean, with you. try to be good, but, you know. Sure, try to be good, but, but you know, you have to, you have to keep, keep experimenting and, and failing and getting better and not worry about whether it's a success or a failure. You just got to keep finishing things. Roger Corman. Yeah, exactly. Finish, finish, finish. Finish, finish, finish a things. Lot you're, you're already yeah. 95% ahead of the race if you finish. Or if yeah. you're the type of person who's not good at finishing things, find someone who is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Find someone yeah, who's... I'm on several yeah. people's teams because I'm a finisher. Yeah. Like, and they know that I'm yeah. going to help them finish. My wife is a finisher. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get it done. My wife is a finisher. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! No, but yeah. I mean, like, that's it, I right? I found a finisher, so I'm... Yeah, and you I found a finisher, so we've all got our yeah. finisher. Yeah. You just have to finish. Yeah. Be, be true to your word. We Don't say I'm gonna. Do people. it. Yeah. Just do it. You know, it's like, oh, what if we do... Yeah. I mean, we sat around with Bat Boy for two years. Yeah. Just, yeah. it was a party favor. Right. Yeah. We get a group of friends together, and we get around a piano and a guitar and play Bat Boy songs. Yeah. Right. And eventually, you know, what if we wanted to do this for real? How does right. that work? Yeah. yeah. And then we started going towards finishing it. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is still, feels 20 years later that it's still not yeah. finished. Yeah. No, no, well, we're no, still no, fiddling. You're, perfect, you're, you're, perfect is the enemy of done. So yeah. right. just finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just finish. Because the next one will be better. Get it out it there. will be better. And you, do something right. else. and you can never get it perfect. So by you saying, well, I want it to be perfect means it'll never Never, ever you'll never finish it. That's As the Actors Gang, after move the on. first show I did with the Actors Gang was The Good Woman of Set Swan. Uh-huh. We rehearsed for three months and we ran for three months. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So it was like a six month period intense wow. with these, yeah. this group of people. I was brand new. And I was like, what do we do next? Yeah. And so we were sitting around a table and somebody said, I just want to do like disposable theater. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. I was like, it was. Let's make something mm-hmm. and do it. And Frank, it comes back to the Frank Zappa's advice to be a composer, mm-hmm. which is write a piece of music, get people to perform it in front of other people, repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. So we did. We did 12 shows in 12 months yeah. at Highland Grounds Coffee House. I remember. In 1991. Yeah. That was the first Thursday of the month was Gangland Radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were little radio plays that we yeah. wrote ourselves. So yeah. it was every month we just had made that commitment to... Yeah. Create, boom, and we put it away and moved on to the next. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and let it go. And again, I think like to myself, like, well, we were. I wasn't really working that hard on that. I was like, no, I was in charge of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those things happen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. man. Well, to wrap this up, and that was all amazing advice. So you can repeat advice that was already given. We just want to give one little piece of advice to anyone out there who's passionate about wanting to become a voice actor or do work in animation. Just one last. To summarize, be relentlessly not dying (laughs) as a human who finishes. Who finishes. That pretty Um, much. But there. But there. Shh. 
And then, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no when to. Oh, see, but th that's how it should have been. Like we should cut on that. But but I, but I, but I think maybe yeah. maybe what you're what you're looking for is what can people who are interested in this like t like take away today and do now if it's something that they're interested. That's in. That's pretty much what I wanted to say. Yeah. No. 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 And it, I mean, <laughs> all of this. Yeah. Still still applies. But I mean, I know there are things that we always recommend. Uh, because you don't have to be like, I want to be a voice actor. I guess I have to move to Los Angeles tomorrow and get an agent. Because no. you don't. But you should be reading aloud. Yeah, yes. read, read aloud every day. Cause that's you should make so sure you like acting. So do do local theater. Do Take an acting class in high school. Whatever your option is to do that. Make you know bullshit movies with your friends do it. on the weekend with your iPhones. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just do that now. And if, if that doesn't spark something, then you know maybe this Figure isn't... Figure something else out. Right. Um... But that's there. There are those things that you can do every day. You know, listening to radio commercials and parroting them, or you know, watching cartoons and then trying those voices. Like, I mean, all those things are things you can do now, today, for free yeah. on your own. But don't wait. Yeah. Don't but wait. Don't, don't, wait. Wait. don't wait. I I'll tell a quick story. Um, I like to watch golf. Mm -hmm. Guilty. Um, but as I was watching golf one weekend, I realized that all the commercials were. In my range, mm. there were the other guys like luxury vehicles, mm -hmm. yeah. investment banking. So right. I started parroting oh, yeah. the commercials. So it made my golf watching time yeah. was actually playtime, right, play and, yeah. and right. work time as well. And a few years later, I ended up with a commercial on the that's golf awesome on right. no on right. the on the British Open. That's yeah, awesome. it good. ran on the freaking British Open. That's I was awesome. like, Full circle. I did yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. I did it just because I recognized, like, oh, and right. then I would start parroting the commercials as it was going along. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Fidelity Mutual Investments or Lincoln yeah. Motor Vehicles yeah. or yeah. all that stuff that was there was like, oh, yeah, I got that kind of sophisticated yeah, sound. That's yeah, great. or the assassin, the yeah. one or the other. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what makes him sophisticated. He might kill you, he could kill you, right? You don't know. Right. That's the with luxury, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you with You luxury. won't mind it, let's just say. Well, I'll add my piece of advice to the end of all of your advice, which I think is one of the most important things I learned, is to be patient on the journey mm -hmm. and take your time with it because you, you just don't know and it can take forever. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're happy with life and living life, you will eventually make it if that's where your heart wants to be. Um, so thank you, Taryn, yes, Yuri, yes, and Keith yes. for you, being Jay, here. Thank for, you, for Jamie, our... for the podcast yeah. abilities here. And this was a blast. Good we time. did it. We finished. We, we did, did it. it. Oh. <laughs>Okay, there we are. Thank you to Jay for putting all that together, uh, doing all the hard work, arranging it and booking everything. Um, and of course, thank you to Tara, Yuri and Keith for your time and your experience and being so honest and frank about your experience in the industry and life in general. A quick reminder of some of the things mentioned in the episode. If you want to get Yuri and Tara's book, it's called VoiceOver Voice Actor, and that's been updated recently. And if you're in LA and want to take a class or visit uh, Keith at his studio, it's the VO Lounge. So either look up Keith Farley VO Lounge um, and you'll find that. It's very easy to find. Don't forget to find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, usually just VO School or VO School Podcast. Easy to find. And that's about it. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with the next episode. Oh, yeah, also, please become a patron if you get a lot out of this podcast. Uh, a few bucks a month would really, really help us keep this going. But, yes, episode one, new season, done. And I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you to this week's guests. Thanks also to JMC Demos and IPDTL, who sponsor the show. Thanks to Backstage Magazine and a special shout out to Angus Gunn for being a Patreon super member. We'll see you again next time.